Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us and shine a light on those who will inspire tomorrow. This is your tribute to comics and pop culture. This is the Canned Air Podcast on Wizard World's Con Radio. Welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Con Radio. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And joining us today, our fourth Beatle, if you will, Ruben Romero <laughs> of Think Alike Productions. Thanks for being with us, Ruben. I don't want to be Ringo. I don't want to be <laughs> I think of you more as a George. Oh, all right. Well, you know what, George was, you know, a lot of people are always like, you know, they're like, oh, I love Paul, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I love Paul, too. Underrated you know? genius. I, I, love, I, love, I love John, you know, but, but George was, I mean, he was, he was just a genius. He really oh, was. Yeah. And Absolutely. really, you know, went way too, way too soon. So, oh. rest oh, in peace. Yeah, for sure. Paul and George were always my favorites. Yeah. Always my favorites. Anyone that came up and said Ringo is my favorite, you kind of raised an eyebrow at <laughs> Do you know, know who the Beatles you. are? <laughs> Like I mean, a great, you know, great drummer, great, <laughs> right, drummer. Right, exactly. great drummer, but uh, but not a, not not too much of a of a songwriter. So no, 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 no. <laughs> That's one thing about him; he definitely has his own signature. But anyway, we're getting way <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> off the rip. <laughs> That's how we do here at Can Dare. <laughs> Uh, we got a good show for you today, though. In our retro roundtable, we're going to be talking about famous aliens from comic books, TVs, movies, uh, video games, wherever they come from. Uh, we're going to be talking about comics like we always do. Then we're going to turn our attention over to Ruben and talk about Three Swords, currently running on Kickstarter until April 12th. And at the end of the episode, we've all seen uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. So we're going to save at the end. We're going to talk about the movie for a little bit. Full of spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, don't want to be spoiled. After Ruben's done talking about Three Swords, just turn the radio or the MP3 player or whatever you're listening to us off. So anyway, let's get right into it with this week's Retro Roundtable. Here we go! I'll be back. <laughs> All right, famous aliens, guys. Where I'm just you... worried we won't have enough to talk about. I mean, <laughs> really? what are you going to draw from? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, they're the obvious that probably first come to mind. There's E.T. E.T. Oh, yeah. shoot, I didn't even think about them. Oh, yeah, great movie. <laughs> Love that you got movie. got your xenomorphs and all the different flavors they come in. What's oh, yeah. that? Xenomorph. From Aliens. Like Alien Alien. I don't, I don't remember I haven't seen Alien, the alien in years, from man. Alien. Oh, just the Alien. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You haven't seen. All you have to say is Alien. Oh my God! I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I, it's been so long since I've seen it that you could probably almost qualify me as having having no not seen kidding. it. I wow. don't remember much about it. Well, it doesn't change my opinion of you drastically, but... <laughs> All right there, Banana Man. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to get that at home. <laughs> it was pre-recorded. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I wanted to do that. I, that's to the intrigue. Great. Perfect. We're talking alien, though. Predator. Another Predator. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like the mindset of Predator. I think that's the big draw. 
Just the hunter? Yeah, yeah, yeah something about that's so cool. That yeah, likes like, to play with his prey. Of honor. Yeah, 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 for sure. What about you, Ruben? What comes to mind? Um, you know, if we're, if we're going famous, uh, you know, uh, you, you touched on xenomorphs and things like that. But, you know, Mac from Mac and Me, you know, I mean. <laughs> oh, 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 God. How do you think about that? He's, we talked about him a long time he's, ago. He's nice and cute and sweet and doesn't want to tear your face off. I mean, that's the kind, that's the kind of alien I want to hang out with, you know. I mean, Not yeah, the, the kind of alien you want to watch in a movie, though, necessarily. Yeah, the way they hey, walk listen, all I, I watched I watched Mac and Me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was one I never grew up on. Oh, boy. Well, you missed almost nothing, so don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, cool. We had to watch that in school, in elementary school. I don't I remember, remember why, but that. yeah. Wow, your school was in McDonald's pocket? That's pretty intense. <laughs> <laughs> about childhood obesity epidemic. There was no Gym recess. Just there was no recess. Eating burgers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, McRecess in 10 minutes. <laughs> Here are your 50 nuggets and your buckshot fries. <laughs> This week's history lesson brought to you by the uh, the Big Mac. <laughs> All right, other famous uh, aliens. How about Spock? Spock? Oh yeah, yeah, he's a good one. In a setting full of aliens, he still manages to be the most recognizable. Like, well, maybe that's an that's a bold statement, but one of the one of them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I the doctor um, that wrote the child books. What's that? The Dr. Spock that wrote the children's books. Right, that one. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Dr. Spock. I'm confused. Dr. That's Spock. It's, it's, Another alien reference here? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Forge Ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Mork. Mork and Mindy. Oh, Mork. God, yeah. Oh, no, no. I used to love that when I was a kid. I watched that every chance I got. My mom picked me up uh, season one of Mork and Mindy for Christmas. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Well, I got a few episodes in, and man, it's just so funny to see Robin Williams so young. <laughs> and all that hair he used to have yeah. on his head, man. Remember the uh, episode where Mindy, they went to Mork's planet, and he she gave, Mork gave Mindy the suit, and it was just like a Barbie doll size suit, and it was stretchy. Really? That's where she put it on? Yeah. And I had, a, like, a Mego Spider-Man toy, and he uh, took his suit off, and I thought that maybe it would do the same thing. I remember trying to get my foot in that thing. I was kind of mad that it didn't work. We need a new Mego. <laughs> that should come with a warning on the, on the box. Yeah. <laughs> Does not stretch to fit your body. Do not mix with Mork and Mindy. <laughs> what about the... Um, I don't know what to call them, but like, you know, like the worms from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you know, like oh, those. Oh, yeah. Good huh? choice. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to call those besides Body Snatchers, I guess. I don't think I've seen that. But the, yeah, the one, seen that one, I think it's like late 70s with Donald Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Such an awesome movie. I just watched that. Uh, it was last year. Oh, oh it's God, still, even the it's still really scary. Up. It's still scary. It is. It's scary as hell. And, and it's. Oh, it's just awesome. Is that the pod people, or is that a different one? Yeah, still? yeah. Okay, they, yeah. Still, right. Some really terrifying scenes in that movie, too. Stuff stuff that still gets in my head sometimes. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. Uh, now that you're talking about pod people, there was a uh, Mystery Science Theater episode where they riffed over a movie called The Pod People from, like, the late 70s, early 80s. I, don't, I really doubt it's the same one, but there are these... Like uh, brown, like egg cocoon things out in the woods, and this thing pops out that just kind of has like a looks like a elf meets an ant eater. <laughs> <laughs> just had a long trunk, but it was like a blatant rip of ET. Like this little kid finds it, brings it back to his oh, room, geez. and 
he calls it Trumpy. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a uh, whole thing where he has everything in the room dancing around. It's so horrible. Oh, but That uh, sounds terrifying. Unlike <laughs> E.T., this alien, as it gets older, becomes like feral and starts killing. And <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> it was a horrible movie. Well, that reminds me of uh, about Critters. Oh, oh Critters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those things were hideous. Yeah, they were. I hated this was the second one where they... They morphed into like a giant one, or they maybe it just turned into a big ball. But there was like giant critters, and I think I want to say it was the second one. It was a terrible. My God, they're turning the into a big ball! <laughs> it's one of those video covers you see a blockbuster when you're six years old. I want that one, mommy. And then you no. bring it home. <laughs> you're never quite the same. I can't sleep now, <laughs> ever. Okay, here's an alien that. Uh, I think has probably invaded every guy's fantasies once or twice. It's the three boobed girl from uh, oh, Total oh, Recall. Man. Have you not seen my tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> what an alien she is. Yeah. Probably the best kind of alien. Unrecognizable except for one feature that just improves yeah. upon something already great. <laughs> Didn't she have blue skin? Not I, honestly, recall, no. she was regular skin. She was. I like, couldn't tell she? you the color of her eyes or her hair or any other detail. Not she was pertinent. actually just a mutant. Oh, was she? Yeah. Well, she was on Mars, probably born well, there. Yeah, says, Martian, yeah. right? Extraterrestrial. Okay, so she was a cute mutant. Mm-hmm. We have another one of those, Leela from Futurama. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I loves me some Leela. You think you could get past that one eye if you got a night with her? No. I think I already have. <laughs> no. I've seen cosplayers, and that the big eye in the middle of the forehead just kind of ruins it. It'd be one of those bag deals. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, what but then about, you'd have a big uh, hole in the middle from, of the bay. Uh, the fifth element. Oh. Uh, yeah. Lilu? Yeah, she mm-hmm. was... Uh, it's like Mila's only really decent role that I like. I didn't like the Resident Evil <laughs> no, movies, but I either. love fifth element. I actually just got a multi-pass from a, from a loot crate. When she's at the stage, she's like, multi-pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says it like six or seven times. <laughs> now, is she considered a hot mutant, hot alien? I think she she's was like alien. a fusion of the two yeah right she's like an alien artifact that gets reconstituted with mutant something she's awesome a alien tent if you will yeah (laughs) that's exactly what i was gonna say (laughs) all right what else we got oh shoot killer killer clowns from outer space oh (laughs) my god on top, of, uh, on top of That's the fact that I already movie. hate freaking clowns, now you got them coming down from out of space. It's a one-two wrapping punch. Up, wrapping, us, wrapping us up in cotton candy, draining us of our blood. <laughs> I mean, th- that movie, I mean, it's so... Look, look, look how, like, it's burned into my memory. I only saw it, like, once when I was a little kid, and I never wanted to watch it again. And I still remember, like, the little details of it. And it, it, it freaks me the hell out. And I just read that there's going to be a TV show about it. And I'm like, well, I'm oh, not doing it on my TV. Is that what it was? I heard it was going to be re rebooted or something like that. I didn't know if it was TV or movie. I mean, the creepiest things about those clowns are their proportions. Yeah. They're, like, not quite human. They're, like, weird and lumbering. It's odd. Just shoot them in the nose and they'll kill them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about the the Martian tripods from War of the Worlds? Oh, man. Those were Like, one of the original terrifying... I remember even in, like, the radio broadcast, it's such a vivid image. It's such a cool design. I, uh, we had to read that in school, like in junior high. Yeah, just the here. just the cover of the book was enough to yeah. be somewhat terrifying. I mean, like pretty sweet. Yeah, it was. I watched the movie on TV when I was little, and I didn't get very far into it. But man, I had nightmares like crazy. That'll for do it. Yeah. yeah. And the common cold. It was the common cold. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Good writing. Good yeah. writing. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and very smart. And, and nowadays, probably the same thing will happen. They'll come down here and, like, get, like, Ebola, you know? Zika virus. Or the Zika virus, yeah. Mad cow disease. Yeah. <laughs> what, about the, what about the aliens from Independence Day? Those guys did not Ooh, mess around. I used yeah. to love those so much Me when too. I was a kid. They were, like, my favorite design. I had t-shirts with them on there. Oh, yeah. I wanted the action figure so bad. That's one I never got, but uh, my I'm God. not rubbing this in your face, but I had the action figure, and it Get was out. just as cool as you thought uh, it might have been. The one inside the head? Yes, yeah, splits open in the middle, yeah. and you could barely get it to rest on its like spaghetti-thin tantrum. Yeah, because its legs came down. Yeah, like, yeah, it was so forward and then back. And it was like yeah. any McFarlane toy, where it never quite fits in the socket, right? You know? <laughs> but, um... I remember, and this was the coolest part, it came with a floppy disk. What? Yeah, yeah, and plugged it into my ancient dinosaur computer, and um, you'd be, like, in an alien control room, you know, like where they upload the virus and all that, and you just got your little alien dude in the center mashing buttons, and you could hit, I think, like, two or three different buttons on the screen, and it would do, like, a radar sweep thing, and there'd be some garbled message. It was cool. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Man. They did some cool stuff with, like, toys on, like, CD-ROMs and stuff. Not to mention records. There was a... uh, The Aerosmith album, Nine Lives, when it came out, you could put that disc in your uh, computer, and it was GarageBand before there was GarageBand, really. Mm. Because you could pick a song from the album, pick an instrument, and then play along with it, and it would rate you at the end. Like, you could... Oh, wow. Guitar, bass, and drums. That's pretty intense. It was... Man, I played the crap out of that thing. <laughs> it was it was so cool. It's pretty full featured for a music album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. getting a lot, especially in the nineties, man. I yeah, mean, yeah. Well, Aerosmith was always ahead of their time, so you know, yeah, uh, leave it to them to do that kind of stuff. And they did, and they did it well. About the uh, aliens from District Nine. Oh, I've never those. seen that one. You never seen yeah. that? Oh, oh you got to watch that movie. I'm mm-hmm. such a big Neil Blomkamp fan. Me I mean, yes. and, and that movie in particular is such a fucking, uh, it's such a ride. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I remember watching um, Alive in Joburg when I was in like junior high and thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I wish this dude could make like a full length movie. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, District 9 essentially cut and paste and extended. God, I love that movie. The thing that drives me insane, though, is there's no proper name for the aliens, just the just slang prawns. term, just the prawns. Yeah. Just the prawns. Yeah, the prawns. Yeah. The prawns. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this. Oh, it's good. so worth it, dude. Some people didn't like it. But oh, yeah, I thought I heard it had well, bombed when it came out. Did it not? Yeah, I was working at a theater when it came out, and I was so stoked to see it, but I had to work that day. So the first showing, the first morning, guy walked out. I'm like, sir, sir, what did you think of the movie? He's like... I thought that was the most stupidest movie I have ever seen. So, all right, dude, your credibility as a critic just went right out the window. Yeah, no, I, I mean Char- Charlotte Copley is such an amazing actor, oh, dude. and in that and in that role, he just. I mean, you, you got to watch the movie because if you haven't seen it, I mean, to me, he's one of the most brilliant filmmakers right now, hands down. I mean, I loved, I loved that. I loved Chappie. I did too. Uh, a lot of people oh, shit on Chappie. Chappie, but that was cool. I haven't yeah. watched that yet. I've started yeah. it, but give it a shot, man. I liked what I watched. I liked it yeah. automatically. It just seemed to me like a uh, more modernized short circuit. Yeah, yeah, Chappie. Yeah, I guess so. yeah, kind of, kind of. But there's, there's, there's this human element i don't know is that neil blomkamp has this way of like you know getting you right in the feels so to speak you know and like absolutely and uh you know he does it he does it with uh he does it with district nine he does it with uh matt damon's movie um elysium Elysium, Elysium, which was another great one and uh and chappie and chappie and it's just like one of these things where it's like this dude i mean it, it doesn't surprise me that he's the one 
that is going to do an Aliens movie. You know, that, that he's getting... Oh, that's right, yeah. I have total faith in him. Yeah. Mm. So... Yeah, coming out of theater, District 9, man, I was really thinking after, because of the whole so big on racism type. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really hits those notes. Yeah. You know? And it's funny see seeing that. it from that angle, when they're interviewing yeah. the people. What do you think of the alien refugees? It's like, oh, we need a virus, a selective virus, wipe them all out. And you go like, oh, my God, that's terrible. And then you take a step back and you go like, oh, shit, everyone's saying that about everyone, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> my God, is it true? And yeah. I think a good note to end on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice and hopeful. Yeah, right? Well, that was fun. Yeah. And that's a, a category I think we can touch on again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've begun to scri- Parts scrape the two, surface. three, and four. There's yeah. a couple more aliens out there I think we missed. Uh, one or oh, two. I don't how know. about that's the uh, Transformers, Robots in Disguise? Oh, geez, uh, really? yeah. Talk yeah. about some famous aliens. They're not mm-hmm. native. <laughs> we didn't even touch on a uh, video game aliens. There's a slew of those. Oh, and yeah. Half Life for and hours. Years of War. Oh, yeah. yeah, we could do like a whole, you know, two hour tribute to, uh, to, to the alien race. We'll have to do that sometime because I, I love Retro Roundtable, but it's always so short. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's just dive right into the comic dump bin. Who would like to go first this week? Me, me. This is a book Ruben might have heard of before. Uh, we're going to be selling it at uh, SpaceCon here in a couple of weeks. Stabity Bunny. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that noise he just made. <laughs> you all right, Ruben? Was yeah, that no, good? I, was I that just, bad? Was that... I, get, I get excited when people talk about this book because it's it's so layered that I, I love to hear what people think about, you know, like the first issue, you know? Oh, yeah. I know. Like Jeremy was telling me when he first, because he he read the first issue before I did, and I had the exact same feeling. Page two, you you can't put it down. Mm-hmm. You got to keep reading to find out what it, what it, what happened. And the fact that it's narrated in uh, like nursery rhyme, yeah, yeah, they keep the story going. It's freaking awesome. It and connects then, to something kind uh, of primal yeah. from your childhood. You know? And there's there's so much evilness going around. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then reading the second issue, uh, I'm itching and waiting for the third one. Mm. Oh, it's a it's a great series. I love it. I love it. And and uh, it's it's one of those things where. <clears throat> I actually met Richard before he had anything done. He just had, you know, he had a few pages done colored and things like that, but no no letters. Uh, the reason our relationship kind of clicked and, and formed Voltron, so to speak, was because he <laughs> he needed he needed a letterer. And he was like, oh, do you have anybody? And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, I do. I've got this great letterer called James Reed, named James Reed. Um, and I gave him his uh, I gave him his information. And he, you know, we haven't looked back since. We've been, you know, friends, business, now, now we're business partners, and he's part of Think Alike. And it's one of those things where it's like uh, once, you know, once I read Stabity Bunny, I was just like, I was blown away. I was like, this guy, mm-hmm. and and I'm always, you know, I'm always messing with him because I'm like, okay, go ahead, just just tell me the secrets. Go go tell me the secrets, and and don't worry about it. I'll never tell anybody. Um, and um, and just so I can make everybody jealous, I, I have been, you know, shown behind the curtain, uh, so to speak. Uh, and it's, it, let me tell you, it's going to be a ride. It's going to be a ride, and and I just can't wait to see more issues come out so oh yeah you're so lucky <laughs> i want to so know much I, I love that rabbit yeah it was uh you guys need to get that like stuffed rabbits to like sell it to your oh my god yeah. Yeah. man I'd, I'd be the first to buy one too it's just a winning formula it's a formula you've seen so many times but it, it always plays and we've talked about it before where you take something 
purely innocent. Mm -hmm. And that's right where episode or episode (laughs) issue one grabs you. It starts with that real innocent feel and the little girl, the nursery rhyme and just that quick. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Great hook. Great book. Definitely. And see Stabity's expression changes through the panels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, he's Stabity's a great character, and and we've talked about you know well we you know we, I've, I've discussed with him, and he's always had the idea of of, of getting Stabity you know like a plush done, uh, but it's one of those things where where as an independent publisher we have to kind of you know protect ourselves in the sense where if, if something does happen big with stabity how do we you know right now he's just all white so richard has had many ideas of kind of maybe going back and you know putting a defining mark or feature on on stabity um and uh and you know we're we, we're, we're playing around with that he's playing around with that uh just so that we can bring that out uh at the cons and things like that because again i i think once you read the book you're you're in, you instantly want a stabity buddy just you know mm-hmm. not necessarily to sleep one. with I don't, I don't know if you want to sleep with i'll it. take the original <laughs> but but definitely up on your on your bookshelf or inside your man cave yeah uh, for sure you know? one can i offer a suggestion as to that one detail yeah go for it on the cover of uh, issue one it has the bunny sitting in you know the pool of blood and the oh, smiley yeah. face making from like the belly button down of the rabbit fade to that blood bread Oh, that would be awesome. That'd Even be awesome. a little bit of a hole with a Band-Aid on his Yeah, 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 something like that. That'd do it. Yep. Oh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll definitely be uh, reaching out to Rid. That's a great idea, actually, the fading into the red at the bottom of the feet. That would be, yeah. that'd be sick, actually. The back uh, legs all, like, blood yeah. red. That'd be sweet. Yeah. It reminds me of a YouTube video where there's pictures of bunnies eating, like, fruit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like raspberries. It's just, yeah, and their face <laughs> is just oh, dripping red. They yeah, look yeah. so evil. <laughs> Looks That's demonic. Yes. <laughs> well, very cool. Get those made, and uh, we've we've got money in hand right now. We will yeah, buy those. Got at least three in the room, probably yeah. more. <laughs> All right, who would like to go next? I'll go next. Go next. Um, this week, I reread Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious earth, which is not. I'm preface this by saying it's not my favorite Batman comic. I think it's good. It's not like one of the greats for me. The thing that really makes it stand out is the art by uh, Dave McKean, who has this indescribable, disturbing, semi-realistic, almost photographic style that's just so perfect for the for the settings and themes they're exploring in this guy, especially the way he does the Joker um, distorted in these... I don't want to say subtle, because they're pretty over, but distorted in these strange and otherworldly ways. And um, Batman's whole journey through Arkham Asylum in this one, which is is, is much about um, showcasing the madness of his nemeses mm-hmm. as like his own brokenness. There's even a scene that stands out to me in the center where uh, where he runs a shard of glass through his own palm when the memories start coming back and they flood his mind and they're too much for him to handle. And it's interesting because McKean, the way he draws Batman in this one, is uh, the cowl and the cape and the suit and the visible parts of his skin all flow together. He's Mm. kind of this deep blue jagged mass, you Mm. know? And I I think it, it could just as easily be a quirk of his art style. It's just the way he does things. But I like to imagine it's representative of him losing himself to this, this being, this bat, 
You know, the, the, the part of him that was a functional human being died so long ago right. that he's not even holding on to the vestiges of that. It's amazing stuff. And uh, the imagery is so powerful. Um, there's there's one scene in particular that I think it's just as, you know, the police have informed Batman that the asylum's on lockdown. Prisoners have escaped. You know, the lunatics are running it at this point. And Joker invites him in. He's like, welcome to the Feast of Fools. And you look around, there are people hanging from a chandelier, like mm. weird runes written in blood and who knows what else. It's terrifying stuff. Really worth the read. Um, not my favorite story. It's kind of limp, but it's cool in that you get little, almost like little vignettes with each villain. And Batman has a little one-on-one -on -one time with everyone as mm. he's journeying through the inside. Awesome stuff. I recommend it, even if it's not one of my favorite stories. The art style is astounding. Right. Sometimes that makes it worth it. Absolutely. It's a visual medium, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Very cool. All right, Ruben, you want to go next or you want me to go yeah. next? Yeah, no, I'll go next. Okay. Um, I'm doing um, I'm doing a little homework. Uh, you know, usually comic books are, are a way for me to escape, but um, I'm doing a little homework now. So I picked up uh, uh, Jeff Lemire's run on, uh, on Green Arrow uh, mm. for DC. And, um, you know, it's visually it's it's a beautiful book. The, the, the art is um, it's kind of almost scratchy, you know, like the way the characters are drawn and things like that. It's a, uh, it, it, there's not a lot of like great detail, you know, it's not Jim Lee detail or anything like that. Um, but I mean, the, the colors are beautiful. The art, uh, really just, you know, it, it's, it's different. Um, I haven't seen a book, a mainstream book. It almost feels like an image book with the art, the way that, that, that it is. Um, and, uh, it was just one of these things where, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit of homework on, on the character and, and, uh, and everybody kept talking about Lemire's run. Um, and I stopped at volume two, right. You know, or volume two or volume three, I think before, um, before his, him, you know, his team took over and he took over the book. Um, and it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's everything that I love about the character and, and then some, uh, it's, it's one of these things where, you know, sometimes you think you know a character so well and you're like, oh, I, I know everything about Bruce or I know everything about Oliver. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, a new writer, you know, gets a hold of him and does something completely different with him uh, or her. Um, and uh, in this case, Oliver uh, and, and the character Green Arrow. And I'm just like completely blown away. I think, I, you know, I've read volume uh Four, which is uh, titled "The Kill Machine," uh, I've already read it twice, um, and uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like I can see where where this guy was having just so much fun with this character and taking him on adventures. Uh, so yeah, I, I look forward to to being to to putting his work to to use. But uh, if you haven't read the Green Arrow run on DC, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot, a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait to see what they've got you know coming for for the character. They said they're going to give him his goatee back. So, nice. so uh, I'm I'm interested in seeing where that goes. I've heard a lot of good things about that series. I mean, oh yeah. I had a hard time getting into it. Um, a friend right. of mine showed me the first couple episodes, and they felt kind of limp. But uh, everybody loves it, so maybe I just didn't give it a fair chance. I'm not willing to call it a bad show by any stretch. I'm just thinking I need to dive back in. Oh no, I, I love the show. That's that's actually what I'm doing the my you know my homework on. Um, uh, the CW holds a writers workshop every year, and uh, and all you got to do is submit a resume with a spec script. So. 
you know, you, they have a, a long laundry list of shows that, that you can write for, uh, Arrow and Flash being one of them. Wow. Uh, so I'm just going to write two spec scripts based on, on Lemire's runs uh, here on Green Arrow uh, and, uh, and see what happens. Roll the dice, cross my fingers, pray, awesome. to the, yeah. pray, to the, pray to the aliens and see what happens. <laughs> First season of Arrow, I didn't like too much. I kind of, it was going on in the background when my wife was watching it and I picked up in the second season. That's yeah. where it caught me. Okay, oh, yeah. I'll give it a shot then. I was I meant the comic earlier when I said I heard that was really good. I, I wasn't, oh, I know. Okay, okay, because <laughs> I haven't seen the show, I can't contest for that. So, <laughs> just so we're clear, <laughs> no confusion. <laughs> All right, very cool. Well, what I brought this week is uh, a comic from 1993. It's issue 500 of the Adventures of Superman. And this is the issue that came sealed in the white bag that had the shield on the front. This was the resurrection, the return from death of Superman, back from the dead. It came right after the famous black bag issue. When he died. Uh, yeah, when he died fighting Doomsday. But um, I've had this thing for years, and I've never cracked it open because got to keep it in mint condition, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it opens up with Jonathan Kent on the hospital table. He's suffering from a heart attack. And, uh, you know, Martha's standing next to him. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, you're too darn stubborn to give up. You know, that kind of stuff. And he, uh, I don't know if it's limbo or where he's at, purgatory. He's like hanging between the afterlife and here. And he's looking for Clark. He's looking for Kalel, you know, his son. And uh, while that's happening, there's another guy, the gangbuster, who's uh, watching the streets. Who pretty much just looks like a riot control guy. And his, his logo is like a Black Panther fist kind of looking <laughs> thing with a, you know, a Ghostbusters red cross. And it's through funny. It. You see, like, the symbol says, like, no fists. And then in the next panel, he's punching some dude full force <laughs> in the face. He likes to use his fist. Yes. <laughs> They don't elaborate on him too much. I think in, you know, the surrounding issues, you get a better story of what he's doing. But it just looks like he's kind of keeping the streets, I guess, clean in Superman's absence since everyone's kind of going crazy. But it cuts back to Jonathan Kent, and he keeps going through, like, past memories. Like, there's a scene where he's in the war that he, I don't know what war he was in, World War One or Two. Looks like they're on the beaches in Normandy or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's probably right from that time frame. Yeah. In the dream, it's like, He's there, but at the same time, he knows his other side mission is, like, finding his son in the afterlife. And he keeps getting all direction from all kinds of crazy characters. His dead brother makes an appearance and tells him, you know, you're not going the right way. You have to get Clark. The people that are carrying him to the afterlife aren't who they say they are. Pretty much just through the whole book, you see that journey. Jonathan chasing Clark. And eventually, he convinces Clark that... Yeah, these aren't angels or whatever they're supposed to be taking me to the afterlife. It was some villain, which I can't remember his name. I don't think he wasn't a very prominent villain, just some kind of demon who was trying to take Clark's soul for his own. Hmm. So Jonathan, uh, you know, convinces Clark to come back, come back to the light. And in his uh, resurrection, he comes back in the four forms. Um, Superboy being okay. one. Uh, the and I don't know what this guy's name is. He looks like John Henry, just the big black guy with the sledgehammer. Uh, again, don't remember his name. They don't really say it in here either. There's another Superman who's got the great big flowing cape. Uh, he's got the yellow visor over his eyes. It's a pretty cool design. I like yeah. that one a lot. 
And I apologize. I don't know the names of all these Superman. There's probably people out there uh, tearing me up right now. <laughs> oh, then yes, and then the Cyborg Superman. But right. I'm not a huge DC fan, especially some of the newer stuff. Not that they have bad stuff, but uh, this was the first real Superman book that I was really into because this wasn't a book about uh, Superman, you know, saving humans. This was his flesh and blood, you know, his his, his real da- his dad, adopted dad, saving his life, you know, going into the afterlife after him. It was just a cool twist, I thought. It's a good reversal of yeah. what he usually deals with. So, very cool read. I remember seeing that in the four Superman. I was like, what? Yeah, it came with this uh, card in the bag, too, that has pictures of them. But, again, on the back, doesn't say their names, darn it. So That's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the thing with Superman is that he's, like, human by association. Right. You know, he's, like, physically impervious, but the people around him are such weak points. It's interesting yeah. to see something, like, take advantage of that. And Jonathan Kent comes back to life, too. He doesn't end up passing. He comes oh, back. Spoiler. <laughs> but, all right, very cool. Bunch of good books there. All right, and with that, let's just jump right into Real World Heroes. Jack, what do we got this week? We have Sean Cunningham. And what has Sean Cunningham done to deserve a spot on the Wall of Justice? I want to say it was either last week or the week before. Sean and his son landed, went to his first baseball game, and the spring training matchup between the Pittsburgh Pirates and Atlanta Braves. And all of a sudden, a baseball bat got thrown into the stands and came right towards Landon's face. And his dad, out of nowhere... Cat, super cat-like reflexes, whipped his hand out and caught it. Wow. Knocked it right out of the way. And I got a picture right here that shows uh, they were able to see it, like, on the news later that night of where he caught that bat. Oh, man. Oh, man. That would have <laughs> destroyed that little boy's face. Yeah. That angle, too, is, like, perfect to fracture the front of a human skull. Right between yeah. the eyes above the nose, yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, in Dayton, probably within the past 10 years, uh, there was a hockey game at the Nutter Center, I think it was, where there was a, a little girl with her family in the audience, and a stray hockey puck from the game came up, hit her in the head. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that. And uh, she said she felt okay, went to walk it off, went to the hospital, and a few hours later died. That yeah. was it. Yeah. yeah. That's all it takes. And that right there, that picture you showed, that boy would have had some serious oh, oh, pain. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if someone's sitting there warming up swinging and the bat got loose from them and that come flying and tapped them in the forehead like that, yeah. Because those are, are those wood or the steel they're, bats? Do, what are they using in the uh, NBL? I want to say they use or the Or MLB. That's how, that's how much I don't know sports. <laughs> MLB. In the uh, NFLBA BMW <laughs> KFC. Pretty much. I want to say they're wood. Yeah, they're they, wood. Yeah. They're wood. And for that, Sean Cunningham, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So, yeah, keep deflecting those bats with cat-like reflexes. My <laughs> God. I mean, that was a reach in that photograph. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. You'll have to put yeah. that on the website. Yeah, that picture is going to be on there. Last Sweet. possible second on that one. Man. All right. Well, with that, let's turn our attention over to Ruben Romero and talk about Three Swords. Thanks again for being with us, Ruben. No, thank you for having me. You know, I, I know that uh, I know that I'm about to like set up shop in uh, in the studio soon here. <laughs> <laughs> We've already got a chair here with your name on it. Yes, <laughs> dust it off every day, you know, just to keep it nice. Ruben's coming. He said he was. <laughs> <laughs> we wait by the phone all day. He said he'd call. I don't understand. <laughs> He's out there causing mischief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're killing your mother, Ruben. You're killing your mother. <laughs> 
Oh man. Okay, so three swords. It's a it's a reimagining of the three musketeers. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, I you know I grew up reading uh, the Three Musketeers novel probably <clears throat> more times than I'd like to admit. Um, <laughs> I kept that and like Jurassic Park in mm -hmm. rotation. And since I'm not gonna you know write a comic book on Jurassic Park anytime soon, um, I always had like this fantasy of. Um, uh, of doing something with the Three Musketeers uh, that that nobody else had done, and then a couple years ago they did that. That <clears throat> they did that reboot, or you know, they they came out with their own Three Musketeers movie, and I, I was like, oh no, they're gonna take my idea, and Lord and behold, they didn't. <clears throat> um, so uh, my whole thought process was behind it was I, I I never understood, especially in that during that time period, why Dumas never you know included. Um, just the element of fantasy. I mean, it was. I mean, I know it's fantastical. Like these three guys taking on <clears throat> the cardinal and his and his army of, of bad guys and things like that. But <clears throat> I'm talking about like you know dragons and witches and uh, pirates and 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 elves and you know all kinds of just like you know the the, the fantasy of it, um, the fantasy genre of it, um, and those kind of characters and and what what the three musketeers would have. What, what, how they, they would have reacted to that kind of stuff because I mean the Cardinal was always just like this man lustful for power he just wanted the throne for himself so to speak um, and that's a and not that that's not that, that can't be a layered villain or anything like that but <clears throat> I always thought well this this guy's flesh and blood he's if once you once you stop him from from getting to that point well it, it's over you know you save the day but what if there's constant threats? On you know to the throne to 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 the queen or or the king. Uh, in this case, in our story, it's, it's a young queen who's on the throne. Um, so I told Bob, I called Bob one night, and I was like, I'm talking uh, Bob Sally from Salvagers. Yeah. Um, uh, I called Bob, and he, I was like, you know, we we had been itching to write a story together, and uh, and he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, you know, let's let's figure. You know, so we talked a couple, you know, we threw ideas back and forth of books that we had individually thought of ourselves already you know mm -hmm. um and he was like well why don't you jump on this book that i'm thinking about and i was like oh well what do you think about my idea and we were like you know what those are great ideas for ourselves let's do let's let's come up with something new so uh i was like have you ever heard of public domain and he was like he was like yeah i was like well let's look through through public domain and see what we find and um you know i i found a lot of uh, sherlock holmes books were already out there uh, comic books uh, retelling the Sherlock Holmes story, which is another character that I would love to do, um, and things like that. But then all of a sudden, the Three Musketeers came up, and I was like, "Oh my God!" I was like, "This is exactly that." I was like, "This is a dream come true. This is what I want to do with Bob." And uh, and he was like, "All right, so what's your idea for it?" And I was like, "All right, so just picture George R. R. Martin getting back, you know, getting into the DeLorean and going back to Alexandre Dumas and saying, "Hey, look, you did it all wrong, man. This is a we, you know, you've got a classic novel." But here, here are classic novels that you can write, um, nice. and and uh, and he was like, dude, that's great. He was like, so like Game of Thrones meets Three Musketeers, and I was like, well, yeah, like Game of Thrones meets, you know, uh, Black Sails meets the Three Musketeers, you know. And he was like, oh, we're writing that for sure. We're writing that, um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, man. I mean, it, it's just one of those things where um, if you look at the Kickstarter right now that's going on, uh, if you look at some of the artwork, uh, we've just stepped up. We 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 stay true to the source material to the characters. Themselves, but we've changed a lot of the stuff. Like uh, the armor that they wear isn't chainmail. They're, you know, they've got their, you know, they've got their blue, you know, emblem she uh, throw over their their shoulders that identifies them as musketeers. They wear the blue because they are part of the elite. 
elite guard of the musketeers the rest of the musketeers in our story wear this kind of crimson red uh you know throw over their shoulders uh with the silver cross on it uh and you know you have to be a certain musketeer or you know certain type of musketeer to earn that blue uh and in this case the only ones that have that are, are aramis athos and, and porthos um they wear uh there is a blind forger in our story who creates their armor out of uh, <clears throat> out of dead dragon skin. Uh, so he's got like this stockpile of just like extinct dragons that he just creates the, 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 these chess pieces out of uh, that's impenetrable. So like, you know, not even a sword or a rapier in this case is going to get through that. Um, and uh, our first villain is Hexia. She's a witch who in our story we've, you know, the, the musketeers have been driving witches out of the land for, for, for a couple of years now, and Hexia has said, enough, I've had enough. And she recruits a ex-musketeer by the name of Tugo, who's got an axe to grind on Aramis's head. And she recruits him, and in turn, he brings her a horde of pirates to take over the castle, so to speak, in the first issue. Um, and that's what we're doing right now. And, um, wow. you know, we've got a, we've got a great story uh, ready to tell. Uh, you know, and uh, we're almost we're we're about at 80 percent. We've got 14 days to go. Um, and I'm just I'm, I'm so excited watching this thing because, you know, the art is by Alessandro Miracolo. He's doing an amazing job. I mean, there's a there's a panel where Aramis is taking on these two guys and he kind of he blocks, you know, he's got these two swords in his hands and he blocks one. And with his other hand, he shoves his rapier right through the mouth. And through the roof of the, you know, through the roof of this guy's mouth, and like you see it from the back, and he, you know, the bad guy's got like this tear of pain coming out oh, of the corner of his eye. We saw that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just, you know, there's the little details and things like that. Um, of course, we're going to have D'Artagnan, who I thought I was for for many years. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we've got all the classic stuff in there, the Cardinal may or may not show up you know we we, we that that's you know that's that's for us to to know and for y'all to find out um but uh, <laughs> but but yeah no i mean we're, we're just gonna take the story to a very interesting place uh that I, I you know i think uh i think dumas if you know if, if i could talk to him i don't know if he'd be mad or happy but i know that he would be like well at least you respected the source material because that's what you know that's what we're doing um i i've i've got we you know me and bob have this idea this uh, that we want to just be able to, like, every few issues, go back and show you where Porthos came from, where Aramis came from, where Athos came from, um, and why the life of servitude. What, what, what does the crown and the service of being a musketeer mean to them, and why did they get there? We always got to see D'Artagnan and his his motives for wanting to be a musketeer, but these guys they were just musketeers. So uh, it's kind of like uh, in our, you know, in my mind, it's like kind of like the musketeers begins, so to speak. Um, okay, cool. So, so yeah kind of type of thing so so i'm excited about it i am too i've never um read or seen anything musketeers three musketeers before but it's i like the concept the closest thing i've ever seen is like the three amigos which is i don't <laughs> think really probably very nah. close at all but arguably a superior piece of it <laughs> <laughs> i love that movie don't not that movie no no not at all <laughs> I, I loved it too steve martin uh, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, those guys were. Oh those, yeah, I mean, it's a powerful uh, combination. Yeah, it's yeah, a those, great movie. Those guys great, but... will make you pee a little every time. You <laughs> yeah, uh, guys, I, I, I'm talking about it. I'm thinking about the uh, what 
is it? The, was it the invisible bush or the flaming bush and the invisible man? The singing bush. The singing bush. The invisible man. Yeah. Oh my God. That scene is. Oh my God. I got to warn you. Farley, 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 yeah. Farley, Farley. <laughs> <laughs> such a great, such a great movie. Yeah. Man, well, this I think will be a good uh, place for me to get in on the Three Musketeers. I mean, what better? You're already with dragons and witches and all that stuff added to the. That's, that's my language. Yeah, speaking. yeah, that'll be awesome. I love the uh, the Disney's version of Three Musketeers with, with so the, Charlie Sheen and and Oliver Platt. And, yes, uh, Oliver Platt. He was my favorite. Anytime I hear Porthos, that's exactly who I go to every time. Yeah, I actually got to see him uh, in New York one time. In uh, I don't know if you guys know, in New York Central Park, they do uh, Shakespeare in the park yeah. uh, during the summer. And I went to go catch a, to, I think it was a, a Midsummer's Night Dream. And uh, and I'm sitting in the audience, and I'm you know probably like one of the first rows, and and Oliver Platt walks out, and oh, wow. I, you know, and I was like, oh my god, it's Oliver Platt, and he kind of looked at me and was like, <laughs> you know, he was like. Come on, kid. We're trying to do a play here, you know. Uh, and I just enjoy him and every. I think he's such a treat in uh, in X Men, you know, for that little scene that he's got in it. Um, so it's like uh, I love Oliver Platt and his portrayal of Porthos is definitely in the DNA of 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 our Porthos. Nice. Uh, he's you know so so I I just I love this story. I love this story, and I know it's kind of you know we knew we were rolling the dice because it's kind of like a, a, a niche or niche depending on who you're talking to uh, market uh, that you know a lot of people are like ah oh, the three musketeers. I've never really ah never mind you know. But it was one of those things where it's like I know that. If we if we present it the right way, uh, we, you know, and again, Alessandro Miracolo does a, does a beautiful uh, work on does beautiful work on the book. Dennis Sleeman, his colors are just bringing it to life. Um, and then you've got me and Bob. I mean, not to toot our own horns, but you know, we're we're riding the crap out of this thing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, just a little bit. Um, so so I mean, even if you've never, even if you've never you know gone on a ride with the three musketeers take this one with us because i promise you it's it's going to be an adventure of epic proportions well we've seen the quality of uh, work that comes yeah. from think alike so there's no doubt in our mind this is going to be a good book can't a wait strong for catalog to support it yeah sure. absolutely you. now what Thank kind of uh, rewards are you offering to supporters Oh man! Well, first and foremost, I gotta I gotta talk about uh, the pint glass that we're that we're giving away that we're rewarding people with because not that I'm endorsing drinking, you know, or anything <laughs> like that, but but I'm just saying like if if you are a Porthos fan and you love beer, what better way to like just like you know get the glass with the three swords logo on it, chill it in your freezer, and then just wait for you know and then just you know crack open that book, pour yourself a cold one, and sit back and you know and read that you know and read that book and and enjoy that adventure and and you know. Knock a couple down with Porthos because I mean, what you know, what better way you know to feel like a musketeer than than drinking some ale? Um, we're also doing. Uh, we've also got you know uh, we've got a shirt with the Three Swords logo. Um, we've got a uh, we've got this. A lot of people have been jumping in on this one. We've actually only got one left. You can actually be in the comic book. Okay, oh, and hey, um, yeah, and you can you can you can be in the comic book as like a baker's son or a, or a bar wench or even a musketeer, and uh, and we promise to you know we're going to use your likeness. We're going to contact you after after the, this whole thing has wrapped up. We're going to ask you to send a couple of pictures our way. And we're going to give them to Alessandro, and we're gonna we're gonna have fun with your character or characters. Uh, we, me and Bob, have already been talking about you know whether or not we want to take 
the group of, of people who have done this, who have chosen this reward tier and put them all in, you know, as a group or, or individually and kind of spread it out. Um, but, you know, you're definitely going to be in the comic book um, and we're going to have a lot of fun with you. Uh, you might even get a, a, a really, you know, you know, if you're a pirate, you might get a, a bloody disgusting death uh, out of it and, uh, right. and you will forever be remembered. Uh, we're giving away... Um, well, we're not giving away, but you know, you're 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 you're, you're donating to <laughs> you're donating to us, and we are giving you, we're rewarding you uh, with Alessandro's uh, uh, original artwork. Um, we are, we're also doing a, a digital bundle where uh, you get you get the digital uh, Three Musketeers, uh, Three Musketeers, Three Swords, number one, as well as uh, Volume One of Salvagers and the Agency. So you're wow. you're basically walking mm. away with almost 11, 12 books, you know, digitally in digital format. Um, you know, we've got, instead of an executive producer's page, we have a most wanted page. So it's going to look like a scroll that's been like, you know, like there's like going to be a knife in the tree and it's going to say, you know, whoever donates, it's going to have your name on that most wanted page as opposed to like executive producer or, you know, contributor or whatever it's going to say most wanted. Um, and of course we have the, the, the physical uh, copy of it. And then something that I've fallen in love with as of late, and you, you guys will get to see that uh, because we're sending you a couple, I believe, of the throwaways. The throwaways is another book that I'm working on, but we'll talk about that uh, another day. Um, but what we did is the book is in full color, but we did Richard was like, let's do a black and white version for C2E2 and I fell in love with the way that it looked so we're, I'm, uh, we're doing a, a black and white version of uh of three swords number one as well um so you know very you know very humble modest rewards i'm not giving we're not rewarding any rapiers or anything like that or or you know we don't we don't want anybody knocking their eyes out um and we also have a, a cool creators uh it's called the, the creator's bounty and it's basically you get you, you get your ad in the book for your comic book um, uh, and you know, and and the way that you know, the way that I look at it, it's like if you're, you know, if you're if you're kind enough to come in and be a creator and say, oh my, you know, and acknowledge another creator's piece of work, um, let's let's promote each other's books. So you get five issues of Three Swords to take with you to any con or any event that you're going to. And not only does do you get to take that book with you, but it's got the ad to your book or or your company inside the comic book. And, and on our end, you know, we we go to you know we go to a lot of cons. So, you know, we might hit some events or, or cons that you might not be able to get to, uh, like New York Comic Con or Florida Super Con or Tampa Bay Comic Con, things like that. Um, and, and, you know, not only are we selling three swords, but when that person reaches, you know, the middle of the book or the back of the book, there's your ad for the book, for, 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 your, for your own creation, your own book or your own uh, company. So, that's the way you know, to do it. Yeah, that's yeah, a cool idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So um, we're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun. And you're doing really well, like you said, about eighty percent, and you still have till April twelfth to get the rest. So yeah, yeah you don't, you're, you're going to get it. Right. <laughs> it looks like uh, that, that's what everybody keeps telling me. This is my first one, so like every morning I wake up and I check my email, and then I and then I'm like, well, maybe I didn't get an email. I'll just go check the email. <laughs> you know, like you know, so so I'm I'm you know I've I've gone through the emotions. Anybody anybody who's never ran a Kickstarter. I don't discourage it. Do it. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, trial by fire, so to speak. But I can't tell you the wave of emotions that I've I've gone from, like, you know, the first three days of just like nonstop, you know, backer emails and then like the lull. And then it's like you're like, oh, man, this story sucks. Nobody likes it. I'm done. (laughs) Oh, God. I I mean, I even called Bob. I was like, what's the matter with the book? And like, you know, and he's like, there's nothing wrong, dude. He was like, trust me. He was like, we're going to get this, you know, and he's been. You know, this is I call him Mr. Kickstarter because, I mean, that's what he does. Um, right. let's, let's be honest. I mean, he's got such a great series with Salvagers. And, you know, 
his last one did so well. And, you know, and it's like, you know, but you know what? He's earned those stripes. So, so it's like, of course, you know, when he goes on there with a book like Salvagers, or, or I'm pretty sure anything that he does from now on, you know, he's going to have, you know, solid, you know, people backing him. But like, you know, even though he's a co-writer on this book, he's let me, he's kind of been like the, the papa bird and kind of like kicked me out the nest. And he's watching, you know, and if I go, <laughs> the, you know, if I go hit the ground, if I'm going to hit the ground, I'm sure he's going to come through and swoop in and, and help me. But he's like, dude, you, you know, he's like, you got this. You do it, you know, and he like, you know, he's always encouraging me. He's always like, oh, it's post time. Go to post. You know, he'll send me a text and, you know, he stays, you know, he's on top of me. And uh, when it comes to the Kickstarter and, and he's really guiding me. So I, I've, I've not only am I am I learning a lot uh, in terms of, you know, keeping my my emotional, my emotions in check, but as well as learning about the, the nature of this beast of Kickstarter and how, how it, ta- it does. It's a, it's almost another full-time job. That's so what I was going to say. He said that before. Yeah. 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 And, and I thought he was kidding. And, and, you know, I was like, Oh, how, how hard can it be? You post a couple of times, people donate money. Oh, well, you know, whatever. And, and no, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's tough. So, um, you know, and to anybody who's going to do it, you know, good luck. And, 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 you know, may the force be with you because it's one of those things where it's like, you have to put in the work. You cannot just put it on there and people automatically are like, oh, here, free money. You know, no, no, they don't, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pitch it to them. You gotta sell it to them. Um, there's things that you, you, you know, you have to have interesting rewards. And at the end of the day, I think that you have to have a quality product um, for people to believe in. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that, that once we fund this thing, uh, I will have earned my first, you know, stripe. And, uh, and, and once I deliver with the rewards and we put the book out there, people enjoy it. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it, we've got something here uh, in Three Swords that I think is, is like nothing that's going on in, in, in like the fantasy realm of comic books right now. So I'd, like, I, I'd, really, enjoy, I'd really love the opportunity. I'd be humbled uh, to, to really be able to share our full vision of this project with, with, with the world. Well, it's a beautiful project, man. Again, you're not going to need any... Uh luck here yeah Yeah, on the right track that's for certain pretty much in the bag (laughs) (laughs) i hope i hope so we've got some cool stretch goals that 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 we've got in mind um I'm not, you know, I'll, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give them away just because I, I'd like to like drop the bomb once, once we get there and and you know and people, people be like, oh man, that's that's a cool idea, um, but you know, I've got, we've got a couple of good ideas for some stretch goals, you know, and, no, and nothing major to you know get there as far as 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 meeting our goal and then trying to surpass that, um, you know, I wanna I wanna do something very modest for the stretch goals. Um, and, and just, you know, and really just reward people. I really want to get to, I was telling Bob the other day, I was like, you know what, like at this point, you know, I just want to, I, I just want to unveil one and tell people that they're already getting one. And, and we haven't even hit a stretch. We haven't even hit. The- <laughs> he was like, no, nah, just, just wait, just wait. And he was like, trust me. He was like, he was like, when we get there, we'll come up with something just, you know, not even stretch goal related that people are going to get just, you know, just for, just for, just for being here and just for being a part of the, the whole adventure and the whole ride. So, so yeah, man, I mean, we just want to reward the fans, you know, and, and, and give them and give them back something that, that they can enjoy and that they can you know hopefully stick around with and and say you know what i can't wait for the next one and when the next one comes i'm going to be first in line so that we hit that goal even faster Uh, so you know it's 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 going to be a lot of fun it's going to be a lot of fun and maybe even next year this would be a title we could feature at the 
con table as well. Yep. That'd be pretty Lots. cool. If we want to, yeah, if we keep doing this, I think uh, I think it's going to go well, though. You're going to need a bigger table. We will need yeah, a bigger you table. You guys keep it up. We're gonna be yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see how it goes. I think we're going to do good, especially with Think-Alike product there. It's so, going to be an awesome experience. Yeah. So, Ruben, uh-huh. thanks so much, man, for uh, telling us about this. And, again, best of luck, though. You don't need it. Um, Thank you. Thanks I'm so sitting much. here wrapping up like we're about to uh, end. I'm so used to ending now. We're, we're going to talk about uh, Batman vs Superman: oh, Dawn of Justice now oh, for a little yeah. bit. If you guys are down for it, it's mm-hmm. about to get serious. Oh Let's yeah, see. oh yeah. Warning! Incoming spoilers! Warning! Warning! Can we uh, play the Wonder Woman theme? <laughs> you got she, it. She, you, you, she, I mean, Hans Zimmer, Junkie XL. I mean, tell me that you didn't want to like just like punch somebody in the face when that song came on. When she jumps in and like, it's just like that. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm talking about it right now, and I'm just mm, like, I, I am completely it. with you on that. I remember watching the movie and thinking to myself, time and time again, the score is so awesome. Like that's the yeah. thing that really stands out to me. Is, is I it really? Them. Oh, dude, I was so down I, with I it. I had an asshole sitting beside me in the movie theater. He just dominated my attention about oh, half the that movie. Sucks. Tapping his foot the whole time. Oof. Son of a. But um. <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't even notice the score. Oh, dude, I didn't the score either. Is fantastic. The thing where it really hit me was um, Lex was walking into the uh, quarantined Kryptonian uh, ship. Yeah. It's like that yeah. slow walk down the hallway, and the music picked up like instrumental with those electric touches. I was like, yeah. oh, dude, I'm buying this. Uh, I'm buying this soundtrack. I'll have to listen to that. It's worth it. Yeah. I've got it already. I, I, I drove from, oh, wow. from, yeah, well, like I mentioned, I, I, I've seen it twice. I, I got the soundtrack, and uh, and again, I'm... You know, I, a lot of people are like, you know, we, we, we can discuss the reviews and things like that. But, I mean, uh, just don't play the, the soundtrack when you're driving, you know, long distance because you're just going to fly. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> I, I caught myself at one point and I was like, I got to slow down. I'm not, I'm not in the damn Batmobile. I'm going to get pulled over. Uh, and, and that was another thing that I wanted to talk about is how does how does Hans Zimmer continuous? I mean, he already gave us such a wonderful score in the Dark Knight trilogy when it comes to mm-hmm. Batman. He reinvented the Batman, you know, theme and everything for for uh, Christopher Nolan's movies and now he does it again I mean I, I just I don't I don't understand I, I mean I would love one day in that guy's brain because it's just it, it's just beautiful beautiful great 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 score especially in uh, the dark night like when you got that uh, it's hard to explain that violin or cello effect where they just kind of drag on that low yeah. note that, it almost like just builds up to a point like a climax it's, it's almost brutal you know it's, yeah you know, it's i mean has that really been done before i mean they're not only making good music and stuff but they're doing they who's doing things that uh, i don't think I've it's ever seen. sounded that good before oh, it, it was, has been done it was awesome um, i don't think this new movie i i didn't have good expectations going in uh, i was telling you today like when yeah. i first heard it was coming out i was all about it then by the time it was coming out i was so just pushed away by the trailers i just didn't like what i was seeing but boy i i've never walked away from a movie theater with that experience i don't think it deserves a 31 percent that no, rotten no, tomatoes it no. definitely wasn't <laughs> no it yeah. was a good it movie. Does, I mean, didn't it, change it the world but for god's no sake, it, was it wasn't so cool. great i mean no. it, the story wasn't told that well, I don't think, but no. I really liked Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Oh my oh, yeah. god! I, just like the first time you see him just walking around, just as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. he has that countenance. 
yeah. the way he carries himself. I was I remember thinking like that's Batman. He's that, got mm-hmm. it. He's in the zone. That suit was awesome. Man. Oh, it was yeah, like some was. kind of like a Kevlar. I mean, he got shot in the head point blank. Oh, yes. 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 And, yes. and uh, it was just yeah. grunted once and it was fine. Yeah. A brilliant and move. Pro- and proceeded to brutally beat those guys. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We, we've, we've never seen we've never seen a Batman move that way in a, in a, in a movie. Uh, you know, it, it was just it was like right out of the animated. It was like out of the Dark Knight Returns, out of the Batman mm-hmm. animated yeah. series, just like the way he was you know, shuffling over like around the walls and jumping over crates and throwing them over his head. I mean, it was just, I mean, I, I walked out of there and I was, you know, I, I remember when they first casted him, I, I doubted it for about half a minute. And then, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was just like, I was like, no, you know what? You know, no, I, I had just, you know, seen Argo. Uh, I had seen the town, uh, you know, uh, I'd seen runner runner. And I was like, I was like, you know what? This, this guy is, he's six two. Uh, he's got the chin of a god, and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you know, I, I wish, I wish, I, I always tell people this. The night that I found out he got casted, I immediately called him Batfleck, and I wish I would have like, <laughs> yeah. I wish I would have trained right that yeah. phrase, yeah. because because I the very next day it was like, oh no, Batfleck, Batfleck, and I know it's not very you know hard to do Affleck, Batfleck, but I was just like, <laughs> I thought I thought I was so smart. I was like, oh man, Batfleck, that's what they're gonna call him. Um, but yeah, no, I mean he was he's obviously you know uh, you know one of the great parts of uh, of this movie. Uh, I I didn't have, well no, you know what, I, you know I did have high expectations for it, uh, um, and I walked out of the movie theater pleasantly surprised. I I, I you know I I read the reviews. Uh, non-spoiler and uh, you know I read people trashing it and I was just like this isn't this isn't true you know it can't it can't be this bad and and I I, I left the theater very happy and very very excited and hopeful for the DCEU and and what they're going to do next um, mm-hmm. I even love the introduction people were like oh we got to watch Martha and Thomas get shot again even that <laughs> was done even that was done like in some sort of like independent uh, almost watchman art house type of way that it was it was it was beautiful to watch two people get gunned gunned down and, and a very dreamlike feel to it mm-hmm. yeah they had the gun yeah. with the pistol around the the, the pearl pearls around yeah, the pistol yeah. and she that popped. was that was yeah. a great visual yeah that was cool now i've got a feeling you were going to mention this is just a hunch his voice changing that was one of my biggest pluses with batman i thought was, that was an awesome know, choice ever since christian bale that's all everyone talks about where's the trigger where is but they, yeah, they addressed it in such a good way. It, just, just it that makes elect- so much sense. It yeah. blows my mind it hadn't been done that way before. I'm just like, so, oh, well, there you go. So no matter how dramatic that voice is, you're like, okay. It's just it the voice. sounds right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's intimidating it as hell. Oh, my God. Yeah. They didn't sure. leave you asking why his voice sounds like that, too. Yeah. They just yeah. had Alfred, Alfred explain it. it out. Like, yeah. Microphone's fine. Oh, yeah. sweet. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how he does it. Where is it? Yeah. Rachel. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, and and let, and what about Jeremy Irons? I mean, what just when awesome you think, w- just when you think Michael Caine, you know, can't be topped, and and here comes Jeremy Irons, you know, and, and just, I mean, obviously such a seasoned actor, so of course he steals every scene with Ben Affleck in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's almost he's almost like a like a dad in that sense, like you know where where he where he tells him, you know, he is not our, he's not our enemy, and like he's putting him in his place, and but the, but at the same time lets him off the off the chain, so to speak, because he knows this this Batman, this Bruce Wayne, he can't be controlled, he can't be reasoned with in in, in any way, in any normal way, mm-hmm. um, but but you know, 
towards towards the end, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I don't know if you guys noticed, he had an opportunity to brand Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, 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 he did, and he didn't. And do you guys, you know, and I've asked this to everybody who's seen it. Do you guys think that that's him going back to more of a justice mentality, more than a vengeance? mentality that he had obviously throughout the movie because again in this movie we see him drop cars on people blow them you know he he you know threw a great you know he knocked a grenade off a guy's hand and then threw him into the hall for it to blow up so he knew that guy was gonna die had no obviously this this version of batman that we see throughout the movie except to the very end had no qualms with killing people do you think that he goes back on on killing people now i think it's the start it's right i do after the whole he was always worried about Superman being too powerful and he could just turn and kill someone. Superman yeah. died, so I think that's it turned the switch on him a little bit. They yeah. really pulled hard from Frank Miller's Dark Knight for Affleck's Batman. Yeah. I mean, even the fighting scenes, like, you know, you got the guy with the gun walking next to the wall and he just comes straight through the wall <laughs> and, like, pulls him mm-hmm. through, you know, the head through the floor scene. So good. So very, good. just the lack of uh, morality at that point right. in his career. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> evident. Yeah, I've never seen Batman hold so many guns in, in two and mm-hmm. a half hours. <laughs> right. But, I, yeah, and I see exactly what you're saying. That's a good point. It's almost approaching cynicism, what you get out of him. Like, he's been doing it so long. Yeah. Like, they mention mm-hmm. a number of times he's been doing it, like, what, 20, 25 years he's been Batman. 20, 20 years. 20 mm-hmm. years. 20 and, years. Uh, yeah. 20 years in that time they're still criminals mm-hmm. gotham's mm-hmm. not safe yet so he's reached this point where he's fuck it exactly <laughs> yeah he's just done and there's a scene that sticks out to me when he's um he's fighting like three dudes are coming at him with knives which he's blocking with his with his van braces which mm. was pretty awesome yeah, yeah 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 and uh one dude stabs him like right between the shoulder plate and he batman pulls out the knife and then pins the dude to the wall with it. You know? oh, yeah. Yeah. In that moment, he's like, this knife is going in this asshole. You know? yeah. He's just very set on showing this dude who's boss. He was just such a badass oh, Batman. And I, the more I think about... Uh his suit. You ever seen like a uh, like a Corvette without the paint on it? Like that <laughs> yeah. that fiberglass yeah. body. Yeah, that's what his outfit looked like. And, was and that what fiberglass? A, what a perfect texture for yeah. that too to represent. You know, you've got it gives this vibe of like an experimental material, some military grade polymer that only some rich prick asshole would pay to develop and then keep for himself. You know? yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, what what did you guys not like about it? Um. I didn't the like pay- the Flash. Agreed. Ah. Hated the um, Flash. I, I, that was weird. It was weird having him just kind of, there he is, you know. In the dream I, sequence. Yeah, that I didn't even, it took me to go home and look <laughs> it up to see who that was because it didn't, it didn't that, read Flash to me at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was, I thought it was, was Cyborg. Yeah. Well, did, you, was, like, did you notice in the, in the dream sequence, he's got, and he's actually got like almost an Iron Man Flash suit on. Yeah, yeah it's like the that's the thing that one. threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the injustice one. Um, so I think running through through the speed force, he's going to be required to wear something a little bit more heavy duty. Um, but you know what? I I I, I can't you know I, I can't say enough good things about Ezra Miller. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, any of his movies, no. but if you haven't, if you haven't. Um, take some time to 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 check out Ezra Miller because uh when they first casted him um I was like no way no way this kid <laughs> this th- there's just no way this kid can do it um and little by little um I started to 
to look about. I started to look at what he was doing. Um, he's he's in things called he's he's in a movie in specific called Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's in Trainwreck. Um, he's been in a couple of movies. We need to talk about Kevin. Um, he's a very serious art house kind of kid actor, uh, you know, young actor. But um, but I think he's going to bring something to Barry Allen that that obviously we're not getting from Grant Gustin uh, on the Flash. Which again, I, to me, Grant Gustin is Barry Allen. Um, Maybe that's so. what it is. Yeah, so I, used I think, to this I think new flash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're just, you're, we're, we're just very used to this. And, and again, Zack Snyder said it. You know, he was like, "Look, I love Grant Gustin. He's doing a great job, but he just doesn't fit in our world." And I can see where he where he's coming from because the Flash, for all the drama and things that are going on on that show, it's still very lighthearted. He's still yeah. a very light lighthearted Barry Allen. And I think that everybody in this DCEU, for better or worse. Is dark. It comes with uh, comes with a lot of baggage. Comes with you know just like this 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 kind of just uh, you know uh, fuck you mentality kind of speak. I don't know. You know they're just like I don't I don't care. Uh, I, I do what I have to do to to get the job done. Um, but what I did like what what, what I, I didn't like so much the pacing. Um, I thought I thought that it, it felt a little jumbled at times. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it seems like there was a lot cut. You know, Jenna Malone was in the movie. Uh, as Barbara Gordon, we don't see any of her. I was telling Jeremy about that today. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, there was a few. There was a, a lot of Eisenberg, uh, Lex Luthor scenes that were that were left on the floor. Um, so I think that for 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 time's sake, uh, they they focused on on the Trinity, on the story, on on that you know, on just uh, on BVS and 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 the story of them coming together and uh and and probably left the extended version or the rated r version that we're going to get on blu-ray uh you know for later yeah isn't it like 30 minutes longer i thought i read the the r-rated cut is like the full Hmm. three hours and change oh that'd be sweet yeah yeah i almost feel like for as long a movie as it was it could have done with a little more time I think some yeah. of the scenes that felt yeah. like they dragged a little, if they had a little more time to gestate, they would have moved along at a healthier clip. If you're at two and a half hours, why not? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Why not go for broke? I yeah. mean, let's pull a full Lord of the Rings and just pull out all the stops on that one. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm trying to think of the things I didn't like. I mean, um, I hated, I had told you that one scene today where like they were fighting Doomsday and Batman's like, <laughs> I need the kryptonite spear. Yeah. Let's lure him toward the city. He's like, what? Why are you going to lure him toward the city? How about, Don't. I'll go get the spear. <laughs> you keep him here. I'll be back. <laughs> um, what else? I hated how quickly Batman was... Superman's friend. It's like he had his. Our moms have the same name. Let's be friends. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like his foot is on his head, like smushing to the ground. Like his mother's name's Martha. Oh, okay. Where is she? Shit, dude. You should have said something. (laughs) (laughs) We're totally bras. (laughs) If they had, man, if they had made that just slightly more gradual, it wouldn't have to be that much more gradual. But you know, what are you going to do? I think that I think they were. I think they were looking for us to pick up that. Thomas Wayne's last words were Martha. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> real bad. And and then Clark's almost last words are Martha. You need to save her. And I think that that's what triggers that that just like that. That's it. Like well, we, we all know that Bruce deep down inside is that little boy who 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 he himself died in that alley. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's so kind I think, of fragile in a yeah, way. He is all fragile. it takes is that, and he's. Right. Compromised. Right. right. So all of a sudden he hears, you know, his, his literally who he thinks is the, the worst threat in the world say that name. And then 
find out that that's his mother's name. And yeah, there, it goes offline out the window. And I know it's kind of soft. And, and yes, it, I think they could have built it up or, or at least done it a little bit more so that we make that connection from the beginning. Because I thought that that was one of the second time around when I caught it, they stay with Jeffrey Dean Morgan in that in that in that flashback. And they stay in his eye, and like you can hear him saying Martha, yeah. and you know, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, maybe you know, I was like, ah, now I get it. Uh, that's why he kind of reacts in that sense because we have, we, even though we don't see Bruce kneeling down crying, we can we can only imagine that he was probably by his father's body when he was reaching out towards Martha Wayne oh, and yeah, saying that. Sure. So that was probably like the last thing he ever heard his father say. So 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 yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, and again, I think it has to do with pacing. I think, you know, the, the the fight was happening and you're in the middle of this fight and all of a sudden, and I was expecting a little bit of uh, Frank Miller, you know, hand around the throat or foot on the throat, mm -hmm. you know, remember who I am, Kalel, I beat you, you know, I'm the That's, only man. Yeah. I was so shocked they did not use that in the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. that yeah. whole speech there. Like, it's like everything but, you know. Yeah, in your darkest, what was it, in your darkest moment, hour, or something, with your lowest, yeah. I want you to remember the one man who beat you. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. That would have given me chills if I heard yeah. it. Which is, what they, which, which is what they used to announce at, at San Diego Comic-Con right. that Batman versus Superman was going to happen. They used, I don't remember the actor, but they used uh, they used somebody with like this prolific voice, um, and they used him to read that, that little blurb uh, of dialogue, and Peter, the house just erupted, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, but, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, what about, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like transferring over here like i'm the the the, the host of the show but what about uh, <laughs> what, what, what about eisenberg what did you guys think about eisenberg's lex very predictable i mean his lex is pretty much any other character eisenberg does i think yeah kind of tight i think that's character. fair but it not to say it was bad um i enjoyed him a little kooky for Lex, he was too kooky for me for Lex. Lex typically is more straight edge and more business yes. oriented, and this he was just kind of like the Riddler kind of. Ah, ah, I couldn't know? see Eisenberg's uh, Lex as president. No, hell no, no. God, yeah, no. and that's that's where I go to for Lex every I, time I think of him. Yeah, that's, that's a good for point. good reason. That's a good yeah, point. absolutely. You've got to think of him in that context. Yeah. That did so much for the character too. Mm -hmm. where he was yeah. no longer just a madman, but a man who had consolidated his power. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I did like the moments where Lex wasn't fully in control. You know, where where he had these grand plans, or something as simple as you know he had to make a speech at his little fundraiser, and he completely botched it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought those were interesting touches, but I think. This is very much my preference when it comes to characters and especially villains. I love, love the like hyper imperialistic, you know, the sort of disdainful, mm -hmm. put together, you know, those kinds of characters. Uh, this is a dorky example, but for some reason, Scar from The Lion King comes to mind, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> who's got that kind of like simmering rate but like dignified yeah and yeah. that's what i would have loved out of that's a Lex a, yeah exactly that's a man that's good <laughs> good job <laughs> thanks hey appreciate it i, <laughs> I do what i can i mean i, I did i did like um i did like his mannerisms like his tics and things like like when um when the when, when the governor or whatever she is when she touches him and yeah that was a good moment and, and he's like, Ugh, you know, like he's almost disgusted. Got that little by, shiver. Yeah. By people. 
You know, he doesn't even, he, he like, he doesn't relate to people. But again, uh, I pose another question. This was, this was pre-Lex Luthor, right? Because everybody, we're kind of getting like the, even though Batman's been operating for 20 years and Superman has been Superman for 18 months, so to speak, as, as the movie puts it, um, you know, they're still building, right? They're still being created. They're still coming together as, as a character, as who they are, right? Well, what about right. Lex at the end? That, you know, the shaving of the scene, the, how very calm he was. There was no, there was no twitching. There were no smiles. And other than the ding, 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 you know. Um, uh, and again, you mentioned the Riddler. You know he was. You know that that was the original villain that they that that was in the script and that they had brought him on for. And no. then Chris, yes, no, and then kidding. Chris Chris Terios came in and they they changed it to Lex Luthor. And wow. and so he might have already been prepping, you know. And was wow. like, yeah, maybe I can bring this to to Lex and make him different. Uh, maybe I don't know, but I do know that that was the original villain that was going to be brought in to to kind of put Batman and Superman you know, at, at each other's throat, so to speak. That's um, interesting because you don't often yeah. think of the Riddler as a big power player. You know, yeah. he's like kind of a minor threat. He's dangerous, but like he's not the Joker. He's not dark side. It would have made more sense with the, like the the letter that Bruce got that said you killed her mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. That would have made it seem a lot more. It's a Riddlerian touch, that's for sure. And, and, what, and what about the fact that he knows these two guys' secret identity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That they never touch upon that, and that you know, you know what you're asking me. One thing that I didn't like, I would like to know, you know, that if I if I had to pick one thing, it's that. How did he figure it out? Like Superman, I could I could I could kind of see where you see, you know, <laughs> that's see, just Clark Kent with glasses. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> Not only that, but like you know, the connections of like him always rescuing Lois. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Just, just his his kind of do-gooder boy mentality. Where does that come from? You know, he was raised on a farm type deal. You know, so maybe like you do enough digging. You know, yeah. But Bruce, I mean, Bruce is Bruce has carried covered his tracks so well. How do you figure? You know, it took Bane. I don't know how long to study him to figure out that 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 Bruce Wayne was was Batman. You know, Joker hasn't even put it together in all these years. So it's like it's one he of those things where it's care like, if he found yeah, it. Yeah. No, I don't I don't I don't think so either. I mean he'd probably love it. He'd probably think it's a hilarious joke. <laughs> um but but yeah, no, I just think, you know, I just thought like, okay, so we're just supposed to take it at face value that this guy figured out that Bruce Wayne is Batman and, and Clark Kent is Superman. Could be a deleted uh, so, yeah. scene as well. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, yeah. That, that strikes again. me as the kind of thing that would be cut for time. Yeah, for right. sure. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to cut us right there. Sure. I'm not uh, <laughs> editing all. Week, I got to see it again. Yeah, me too. I do too. I'm definitely going to go see it again, especially since I had that guy in the theater behind me. Yeah. I'm just going to go early in the morning, watch it all by myself. I, I did have a dude who was like the Michael Jordan of breathing loudly. <laughs> Best in his class. This, this theater had sticky floors and a guy Oof. who was like restless leg syndrome. So I was like... <laughs> Over oh over, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that, dude. I, I've literally, I've literally told. I remember one time I went to go see Jurassic World, and I was so excited. And there was this one kid. He walked by me once, you know, like his parents were sitting on one end of the aisle, and him and his little buddies were sitting on the other end of the of the aisle. And you know, he walked by once, grabbed the popcorn, walked back. He walked back again, went to go grab, you know, whatever. So I went back and said that. The third time, I was like, hey, look, kid, bro, unless you're going to the bathroom, don't walk by me again. Right? <laughs> I'm here to, to watch. I'm here to watch Owen tame these damn raptors. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want you ruining it for me, okay? He doesn't need okay. another distraction right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I was pretty much like, I, I told my brother, I was, he was like, oh, you're going opening, you know, you're going on Thursday. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, you're crazy. I was like, no, I'm not crazy. I'll just tell the people to shut the hell up. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm one of those people at the movie theater where if you're like, oh my God, can you, I'm like, be quiet. And I, yeah. and I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have no qualms about it because listen, I paid my $10 or $11, whatever it is to get into the damn movie. I want to enjoy it. You know, yeah, we're not, exactly. we're not in your living room watching this movie, you know, like it's, it, this is everybody's living room have a little bit of, you know, courtesy. Um, so yeah, I would have told restless leg syndrome to, yeah, I would have been, <laughs> I would, I would have been like, look, you either need to calm down or you just need to come back and watch this movie later because you're like, I can't even hear the score and I'm going to get pissed. Okay. <laughs> I, I was even trying to like display my anger to him without actually having to turn around and make a scene. But like, I just, I have never felt anger swell through me like that day. I slammed my hands on the table and I turned to Brooks like I'm, and I didn't even whisper this. I just outright said, I'm about to tell this asshole off. <laughs> no, don't, you know, calm down. Just if, if, you, if he knows you're mad, he'll keep doing it. And so I didn't. Next time I go to the movie, I'm taking you, Ruben. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I actually, it was hilarious because there was a, the second time I went to go see it, uh, it was a two-tier movie theater. So, like, it had, like, balcony oh, wow. seating. So I went, you know, and I went all the way up the top. It was early, so it was, like, 11.30 showing. There was nobody at the top, only people in the bottom. But, like, I'm on the first row of the top, right? And there's, like, this couple. The move, the, 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 the opening sequence is happening, and these this couple are taking selfies for Instagram. Ugh. And this, oh and this old man, this old man, and I, I'll never forget, he had, like, a, a, a Vietnam veteran's hat on because I saw him afterwards, and I told him, I was like, hey, good job telling them. He, like, these people are taking pictures flashes going off he turns to them and he's like will you turn that damn thing off and like it, i was like I, I just started clapping from up the top yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah you tell and then at the end of the movie like I, I caught him outside i was like hey good job telling those people to turn that thing off he was like i'm just trying to enjoy my movie you know and i'm like no i get it and i was like i damn understand straight. completely understand where you're coming from like you know and nowadays you got to be careful because Again, you know, you just never know who you're talking to. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, so it's it's one of those things where you don't, you know, uh, uh, that was a Ben Affleck. I was about to say, uh, Kevin Smith just posted that him and Jason Mewes went to go see it. Uh, his Kevin Smith second time and Jason Mewes first time, and that in the middle of the movie, a fist fight broke out, and they they had to cut the movie off, and they had to leave, and Jason Mewes never even got to see like the Trinity on screen together, you know, and he was like, dude, just you know, if you're gonna go to the movie theater, just you know, be a pussy comic book fan and don't fight, you know, just <laughs> just, just, just be, be there cool for the, for two yeah, hours, yeah, just be cool, yeah, just be cool for two hours. And again, I mean, how do you go to the movie theater and get into a fist fight? But it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sorry, you're not going to ruin, especially something like that that i've been waiting for you know the the, the holy gray like if i go see 50 shades of gray part two i don't care if somebody's talking about talking through it that doesn't bother <laughs> me. you know i'm probably talking with them but if if you know a star wars movie uh a, a, a superhero movie one of those things you know like especially one one like this like we're watching history unfold in front of our eyes. We've never seen these characters together on screen. You're not going to be sticky leg guy or a happy girlfriend taking Instagram pictures throughout the whole damn movie. No. I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let it happen. I'll, I'll, I'll even leave and go tell the manager or something. I'm that guy. You know, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you've right. inspired me, Ruben. I think I'm going to speak my mind and just blow my top next time. <laughs> yeah. I might get kicked out, but, buddy, I'll feel good about it. Yeah. You yeah. better believe it. You have a story to tell. I do. I do. And a story for everyone that heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wins. <laughs> Jack, what do we got on the website? 
Go to canairpodcast.com where you can see the show highlights and guest info. Listen to the show. Follow us on all our social media. Go to the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice. Visit the YouTube page. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote some of your work, go to the contacts page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And uh, be sure to check out some everything going on at thinkalikeproductions.com. Uh, you can also follow Ruben and everything that's going on over there on Twitter at thinkalikepro. And, of course, the Kickstarter running till April 12th for Three Swords. We're going to have links on the website. I'm sure we'll be tweeting links over to that as well. So uh, keep yeah. an eye out. Jump over there. Throw a little love their way. You will not be disappointed. Uh, anything else, guys? We're going to be at SpaceCon. Damn, I keep in forgetting. In Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> April 8th and 9th and 10th. April 9th and 10th. I need to start writing this stuff down before we start. But yes, Get it come, tattooed to your arm like yeah. Memento. There you go. There you go. But yeah, stop by the table at SpaceCon here in uh, Columbus. We're going to be featuring tons of work from Think Alike Production. Good work. Uh, Stabity Bunny being one of the things there that Jack was talking about earlier. Great reading. We're going to be at table E. One E one. You'll yes. see us. Yep. You don't really have a choice. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no getting around <laughs> us at that show, is there? <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley, Jack Doherty, Jake Runyon, and I am Ruben Romero. Thanks for listening, everyone. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I'm bored. I wish we were buzzed. Let's drink Daddy's cough syrup. This is where he keeps the good stuff. You don't need drugs to get high. Talk! You just need the Canned Air Podcast. That's good advice. Now we know. And no one is half the battle. Just one question. What are you doing outside the window? <laughs> Tell your mama to call me. G.I. Went to his Landon, his son, Sean's. For sure. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 